What's happening, hardscapers? Whoa, 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 Paver King. I got this. What's happening, hardscapers? This is episode 194 of the How to Hardscape podcast, where we talk about how you can start and grow your hardscaping business. We want to thank Cycle CPA for sponsoring today's episode. You can reach them at cyclecpa.com for bookkeeping, accounting, and CFO services. Let them know How to Hardscape sent you for $200 off there, as well as the How to Hardscape headquarters. If you're looking for a software to streamline processes in your business, including budgeting, estimating, and so much more. If you're listening to this episode on the week it comes out, this is the final week for discounted pricing on that lock in your pricing for that as well as no onboarding fee so you can get started there if you just shoot me a message at how to hardscape on instagram or go to members.howtohardscape.com for more information there and today we have a first ever on the how to hardscape podcast this is a special episode we're doing a crossover with the not our finest hour podcast if you don't know about that you should go there and definitely start following subscribing whatever it is to that wherever you're listening that is not our finest hour and it is a podcast that includes chad at the landscape daddy as well as mike at paver underscore king and even myself at i am a hardscaper where we sit down once a week and do a two-hour episode on the podcast just talking about our week in contracting or anything else that really comes to mind there. Now for this crossover episode, we wanted to get a a very special guest to talk about something that rarely gets talked about. And we haven't even touched on this in the 194 episodes in the How to Hardscape podcast. So we have Trisha Hamilton. She is the vice president of HR at Sitescape. Mike at Paver King has known her for a very long time. So he coordinated this and we get into a lot There's a lot of value in this episode, which you're going to be hearing for for 45 minutes. And then there's a full other hour that we get into on the Not Our Finest Hour podcast. So you're definitely going to want to check out both of these episodes. So when you're finished with this one, go on over to Not Our Finest Hour and definitely take a listen to that one as well. And without further ado, let's get into today's episode. What's happening, hardscapers? You're here for the first ever How to Hardscape slash Not Our Finest Hour crossover episode, where the first half of the episode will be aired on How to Hardscape, and the second half of the episode will be aired on Not Our Finest Hour. And we are joined by, first of all, Not Our Finest Hour, we have Chad from uh, Landscape Daddy, Mike from How to Hardscape slash I Am a Hardscaper, uh, me paver king who is the least important we've established that the last three episodes and we have a very special guest on the first crossover episode uh trisha hamilton from sitescape who is the vice president of hr and whose sole focus is hiring and hr human resource management which obviously is a hot conversation piece in february in the landscaping world and we are super lucky. I've known Trisha a long time. She is super smart. And um, definitely we're definitely the best of the four of us on this podcast. <laughs> well, um, Thank you. Welcome, Trisha, to uh, not our not my podcast, but Mike's. Nice. Thanks for having me, guys. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm, we're excited to have you. I, I figure it's a good way to start off to get to know uh, more about you yourself and how you got started in actual HR and, and what brought you to where you are today. Do you want to give our audience a little bit of context about that? Sure. So I actually started my career in medical, in the medical world. Um, and I worked at a large hospital and some private clinics. Um, and 
kind of each of my roles have had some HR capacity to them, um, managing staff. And then I um, got into landscaping kind of, you know, organically through a relationship and it was residential and um, I, you know, took an interest in it. And that's where I, you know, I met baby Mike back in the day. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I, I kind of saw the problems with hiring and finding people and um, managing staff and, you know, all of those kind of things and employee retention and seasonal labors and that kind of stuff. Um, and that re- relationship kind of didn't work out. And I was working at an OPG um, as an operations specialist, a nuclear operations specialist, and it had a bit of an HR focus. And, um, you know, I met my partner that I'm with today who owns Sitescape. And um, there was a there was an HR component to Sitescape before I came on board, but not a dedicated HR management system. Um, so I just kind of started that and been at it for four years now, I think. Um, and I've learned a lot. A lot about the internal workings of a landscaper's <laughs> mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With ADHD, yep. Um <laughs> Yeah, I think it's 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 an interesting business. I think you guys are all kind of um, cowboys or renegades in a way, you know, in that landscape world. So, I'm a little bit interested if uh, Baby Mike was more or less of a loose cannon than he is today. <laughs> uh, oh, <laughs> he was so nice. He was one of the nicest people to me. I would I met him at the arts yard, like you know, landscape supply, and uh, Mike was really really nice to me and kind to me. There you go. <laughs> so I, that's totally destroying my reputation. Sorry, sorry. That's okay. Sorry. That's okay. That's all right. I have a more torrid reputation. I do, I think that my reputation online is different than who I am as a person, though. I think those are two separate things. But I yes, I do remember meeting you at Arns many times. Yeah, many times. Yeah, many times. Yeah, yeah. back in the day. Do you guys have a question that you want to kick things off with, or should I ask uh, about onboarding to kind of kick things off? That's uh, a good I, way to start. Yeah. Sure. All right. Uh, yeah, Trisha, I'm interested in onboarding and, and when uh, uh employee has you, you hired them, what does an onboarding package look like? Or what do you do to kind of prepare them for their first day and even yeah. like first week and in, in setting up them for success in, in your business? So it's, 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 I'm changing it yet again this year, but it's kind of ever evolving. Um, and you learn as you go and you learn what you need to add. Um, so our employees, before they start, um, we set them up with their training, which is working at heights, um, which is mandatory on commercial sites. Um, their step four for the, the Ministry of Labor, their WIMIS, that kind of thing, if they don't already have tickets. So we get them to do kind of their outside training. And then we use a program called Go Greenius. Um, And it's kind of got some land, it's got a lot of landscape components to it. Um, So we'll have them come and meet Samantha, um, who's our HR coordinator, and kind of go through their training process on Go Greenius. She then will have, we have our health and safety manual and our employee handbook. So she spends probably about, I would say, four hours with each employee kind of going over policies, what, you know, getting them their PPE, because we provide their PPE, um, you know, what kind of things to expect on their first day, um, you know, the do's and don'ts, the safety hazards. Um, and then they need to do an on-site orientation and onboard process as well. So this year they're going to spend one full day with a field super. Um, and he's going to take um, them through competency, right? So for skid steer, for um, excavator, even shoveling, 
using a wheelbarrow and kind of go through a list um, that we use from our training of Go Greenius and just kind of onboard them, make sure that they're comfortable with it with on site. Um, especially safety wise, I think, you know, especially if you're hiring young people, um, there's a huge risk in that first, you know, month of a young person being on site. So kind of really making sure that they understand the safety precautions um, and going over everything, introducing them to staff, because I think too, you know, it's intimidating as as a new employee going in this kind of established crews already working, you don't know where you fit in, who do you look to ask, you know, this is your foreman, this is your lead hand, that kind of thing. Gotcha. And then do they have like a shadow for that first month where there is that like risk of maybe depends on the, yeah, it depends on kind of that rule. Right. So if it, if it's a laborer, their, their foreman should be watching them at all times and they should be kind of with that foreman Um, lead hand and, and foreman should be working close together anyways. And I think that everybody on site should be looking out for any new person's safety. Gotcha. Right. Yeah. And then if they're like a more experienced person, do they get a little bit more leeway with that? Like if they're coming from, yeah, a more experienced position to a position at Sitescape, um, does that onboarding process change a little bit to adapt to them and and the at least getting comfortable with a Sitescape uh, site location? Yeah, I think the onboard, the only thing that would change is that they need, you know, they probably, they have, especially if they have experience in commercial settings where they understand the safety aspects and, and kind of what's required, we would still want them to understand sitescapes policies. So, you know, cell phone use, um, you know, different things that, you know, we have in our handbook. Um, their orientation would be shorter. I think it would even be shorter with Samantha in the office really going, you know, if they've worked in a, if they have experience in construction, it's not going to take as long. And I think their onboarding process on site with a field super, if they're competent and they have, you know, years experience is going to be a lot quicker. Gotcha. Yeah. So it just, but you got to tailor it to each employee that you hire. Awesome. I got, I got more questions for you, but I'll pass it off to Chad or or Mike, if they have a question that they want to go off there. I just, I just think that, a lot of the listeners are residential landscape contractors. So yeah. I think that they just, they need to understand that your environment is not that. Yes. In general. It's not that. It, it's, yes. So it's a, it's just a different environment. I think the same policies apply that someone should be watching them. But when you're talking about people's, and I think safety is important everywhere, but when you're talking about people's safety, these are people working around 30 ton excavators and underneath cranes and on rooftops and, because your guys, your guys commercial landscape environment is vastly different from probably 99% or 95% yeah. of the companies, not Chad, but you know, most of the, <laughs> most of the companies. So it's, um, but I just, I still, I still think in the residential world, like, and I was in there for a couple of years, I still think there should be an onboarding process for, especially for like, you know, if you're hiring kind of, you know, college kids for the summer as your, you know, labor, I still think there should be like, Hey guys, like when you're, you know, in the machine, don't use your cell phone similar to if you're in a car, like, you know, be aware of your surroundings. And, um, I still think there should be some type of onboarding process. It just doesn't need to be as official and, and, and corporate. Mm. I, I totally, I wasn't, I wasn't, yeah. you know, I, was, I was, I think that I think that I didn't do a good job of explaining to myself. I yep. just think that sometimes people list like, I know you, so I know Yes. Everything about what you're talking about. And we, we, you know, fair play. We do a lot of work for Sitescape and have a lot yeah. of staff with you guys um, often. So I just felt like I, like I know exactly what you're talking about, but sometimes just if someone doesn't know everything about Sitescape that I think that whether we, you have a residential site or you still need yeah. some kind of onboarding process and 
people need to feel because if they don't feel comfortable, they're not going to stick around. Yeah, or or raise their hand to say, "Hey, this feels unsafe," or I'm, or or you know, the worst thing too is for a new employee is standing there and feeling useless, right? Like I don't know where I fit in. I don't know, you know, who to go to. What am I doing with this shovel? I'm just leaning on it, you know. So um, that even the onboarding process for that, like, just so that they feel like, you know, this is what we're doing next, and this is how we're doing this wall, and you're going to do this, would be helpful. I think. I think that, in my experience. Most people aren't lazy and someone can disagree with me, but most people aren't lazy. They just don't understand what they're supposed to be doing. And then that gives off the perception of them being lazy. But I really feel like most people don't want to stand around doing nothing all day because that is like brutally boring. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody I, wants I, to do that. So yeah. I, like having an onboard, I I know we fail at on probably fail yeah. pretty I'm better at onboarding truck drivers. We usually they go out with like our, I guess, lead lead truck driver like Christie's our yeah. She's been with us the longest. She takes them out on the road. She shows them like talks to them, and then usually if they pass her sniff test, then we'll continue the onboarding process. <laughs> but I, the the labor part of it, I don't know that we do a fantastic job. I think we could probably learn a lot from you guys. I think I we're in the same are. boat. Like we, yeah. I'm, I'm personally not all that great at onboarding anybody. Um, once, I mean, once they're hired, uh, they show up in the morning, I give them a run through real quick, and then they hop in the truck with one of the guys, and that's about it. And then they do their introduction in the truck on the way to site or something like that. And I mean, that's probably something that, as a company, even though we're um, a small commercial company. Um, we definitely have room to improve with uh, onboarding and teaching and, and getting these new guys and girls to feel at home and useful in the company. And I kind of wonder if that plays into employee retention. So if you have a guy who's just shy, right. And he doesn't feel kind of like he doesn't go through that onboarding process. Um, and, you know, he starts, you know, and he, like, he kind of feels awkward. He, you know, he's not one to speak out or girl. Um, if you lose that employee, just because, you know, somebody like Mike said, might just say, oh, they're lazy, but maybe it's because they don't feel comfortable enough to say like, Hey, I need help. I'm, you know, and I've, you've met shy people before where they're, you know, quiet and in the background, they could be really skilled workers. So I kind of look at it from that point of view too, like that employee retention, trying to keep everybody in and work with personalities. What do you, what do you think that it costs you guys for onboarding someone? So I've, I've pretty much said it's, 2,500 to 3,500 in total with everything that we do. That includes giving them their gear, um, training, hours spent yeah, going over stuff. So that includes like, you know, our overhead too, right? Of the field super, HR, all of the stuff. So do you make it apparent to them that, hey, we're making this investment in you? Like we need you to stick it out? Or do you, like, how does that work? Like, because to me, Every year we're buying the guys safety kits and and all these clothes and stuff. And I'm telling them, look, I'm investing in you guys so that you can be happy and healthy and safe and everything like this. Um, Is that a a reciprocal thing? Like, or is it you're just doing it because that's an employer's job? I feel like I want to say that to somebody like, hey, I'm, you know, here we are investing in you, you know, as a new employee. Do I say it? Probably not. Um, You know, I do make it clear that. We provide the PPE, the training, and, and we'll give you the opportunity to learn and grow 
um, you know, start as a labor and go all the way up how high you ever, however high you want to go. Um, and we'll provide, you know, kind of that, whatever you need to do it. Um, but I, I don't know. Sometimes I do feel like there's a, you know, maybe they don't see the value in what we're doing. Yeah. Right. And it's hard as an employee to see sometimes the value of what you're giving them, I think in some ways. So maybe I should be more clear about it. I know that in another life and these two guys like it when I talk about my other lives that I've yeah. lived because <laughs> yeah. they're young. <laughs> uh, I had at one time applied to become a bus driver and uh, they made it <laughs> like a school bus driver no, or like a, a bus a driver. T- TTC bus driver. <laughs> oh, okay. My okay. dad, like, what? my dad was a bus driver, a uh, TTC gotcha. bus driver. And he thought that that would be a great job for me. Um, and so I applied and I got through the first round of it and they, when you sat in the big room, they made it really clear that like really clear that by the time you got to the final test, they had invested almost $40,000 in you between training and overhead. And they made it really clear. So if they're doing that at like a big corporation, I would assume that maybe that's like a good thing to make clear. Hey, this is a big investment in you. We're working with you that like, cause you guys are making a big, how many staff do you think you hire per year? Um, so the last, is it, we've been growing, right? So we've been doing a lot of hiring. Um, so I think it was over 20 and then obviously new subs as well, um, yeah. you know, to balance out the labor force. Um, again, I'm going to be doing a big hiring. So um, I, I think probably 25 um, for the field. Um this year. So, and then it's trying to like keep those guys, right. Which is the hardest, I think one of the hardest things in landscaping, whether it be residential or commercial is keeping that staff because sometimes there is that lull in the winter where work is hard, right. And you can't have all your sites operational. So um, yeah, it'll be another 20, 20 to 30 probably this year. So when you're hiring, Mm -hmm. what is the main attribute that you're looking for in these new kids or even and the older older guys or girls coming on like what's what's the attribute that says yes we're going to take you on based on that is it attitude because for Um, me i've always found that attitude the rest is teachable but attitude without that um you're dead in the water right off the bat for us anyway yeah and i think it's hard sometimes it's hard to see that through an interview process Um, especially like during the pandemic, it kind of changed the interview process a lot where it's like everybody's doing Zooms instead of that in-person meeting where you kind of don't get that feel of the person. Um, I think attitude, yes. I'm looking at, you know, a willingness to to be part of a team, I think. Um, Understanding that, you know, this company has been around for many, many, many years. So there's lots of people that have really, you know, been with this company since the start and feel pride and ownership in what they've kind of helped to build over the years. And coming into that environment can sometimes be tough. So somebody who's willing to, you know, who has kind of that can do attitude, um, you know, with some of landscape experiences, obviously, you know, best case scenario, or at least some construction experience. Um, and then foreman, I'm looking for somebody, you know, with lots of years experience um, and lots of different um, different types of projects, right? Not just, you know, stuck in kind of one niche. I just want to take a break from today's episode to talk about our sponsor, Cycle CPA. 
You may have a CRM or project management software in place, but what data are you using to ensure your estimating is accurate? Having a proper accounting setup and accurate bookkeeping done is key to understanding overhead expenses and other costs that must be recouped in your estimates. Cycle CPA is a remote bookkeeping and CFO firm that helps to connect the dots from the financial reports to the hardscape and landscape data needed in order to reach high profits. They provide landscape and hardscape industry benchmarking, job costing financials by service line, advisory meetings, and much more. Cycle CPA's team of accountants are specialized within the hardscape and landscape industry, and you can visit them at cyclecpa.com and for $200 off, mention the How to Hardscape podcast. Now back to our episode. What, what kind of questions are, what's your favorite interview question? And what kind of questions are you asking in that interview to tease out what their attitude could be like? Because notoriously, people are showing up for interviews and putting on a front, right, to try to get the job. But how do you, how do you peel back the layers and try to get to what you're actually looking for in that candidate? So I think I do a lot of the ask the same question in three different ways. So I have like I have a I have a, a really long list of questions, but a lot of some of the like staple questions I ask it in different ways, and I do that kind of even on performance reviews because we do performance reviews kind of yearly just to see that you're getting that that truthful answer. Um, interviews are hard. Um, sometimes too, I think in this industry in construction or landscape, you know, some of our candidates aren't you know, corporate where they've been through this kind of process where they, where they've sat at a panel interview and answered these questions. Like, so I think it's, you know, learning, like I will change my questions in an interview, mid interview, if I think I'm going to get a better response by going a little less, you know, officially corporate um, and working with them. I love to talk that, you know, the best thing to ask kind of somebody in the construction industry is what, what was their favorite project they ever worked on? And they will be able to tell you the details, when they did it, how they did it, you know, all of those kind of things. So talking about their actual experience and their favorite project, um, where they want to be in five years, will kind of tell you a lot about their attitude too. Like if, if you know, if you ask a, you know, a young kid who is, you know, joining up to be a laborer, like, where do you want to be in five years? And he has no answer or no direction. It's, I kind of think, well, you know, where's the progression? Do you not want something or do you not want to learn something? Like at least say to me, I want to be, you know, I want to get seat time in a skid steer or an excavator. I want to, you know, learn to machine operate or something. So I kind of use those questions to pull out some kind of their attitude. Gotcha. I really so if, like, go, go ahead. Sorry. No, I just really like the, oh, what was the question? You, the best, the your favorite project. That's such yes. a, that's a fantastic question because if someone yeah. can't tell you, their favorite project that they ever built, then yeah. are they really into the job? Because I know, I know it's such a, I never thought of it. It's such a fantastic yeah. question. You get so, you get so much insight from that one question. Like, you know, I can drive around in the truck with Joe and, you know, every five minutes, like, Oh, we did that. Oh, we did that project. Oh, we worked over there, you know? And, and if they're, if they're, you're hiring somebody who's going to come and work as a foreman, especially, and they can't say like, oh, I can tell you my favorite project and what went wrong, what went right, why it was his favorite project. Like, you know, and you can kind of like, you also want to see the passion behind it, right? As they're talking about it. So you do get, you learn a lot from that question. Uh, you mentioned a, a path forward, uh, especially like during the interview, 
Like, what, what do you want to do? Like, what do you want to grow into? Um, how soon from hiring them are you trying to see what their path forward could be? Or, or uh, how soon do you start communicating to them that you can have a career at this company and this is what it looks like? And then what tools are you giving them along the way to kind of guide them along where they want to be in, in terms of that? So everybody I hire, I tell them the same thing. You can be anything you want to be at Sitescape. There are, we don't have any boxes around necessarily, oh, you must complete, you know, this X amount of years and have whatever. We have two foremen that are young foremen that, you know, just showed initiative and wanted to learn drawings. And they were working with one of our, our senior foreman and and they showed so much passion about learning the job and understanding it and and getting into those ICI drawings that they're now foreman. So I don't think there's a timeline on it. It's it's where do you want to go? So if somebody's on site and they're, you know, I always say advocate like I'll tell the employee, advocate for yourself. Talk to your foreman and say, I want to learn. I would like to grow. Um, I want to be a machine operator. I would like to, you know, whatever it is. Um so some of the things that we did last year that I want to expand on is we gave the um, the laborers and machine operators a chance to take a, a blueprint drawing course with one of the college edu- educators from George Brown. And he did two of them. And we're going to come back and do it again. So one's like a basic course and one's an advanced drawing course. And I think it just makes so much sense to give them more tools right? So that when they're on site, they can read those drawings too. It's not just one guy reading the drawing. You know, I I would hate to be doing a job every day and not be able to understand what I need to do or the process or, you know, what it's going to look like in the end. So I think if you give them any of those tools. So when I did performance reviews this year, I asked them, what would you like more training on? And half of them said, I want to do that blueprint course again. I want to go and do the, I want to repeat the first one, or I want to take the advanced one. So I'm going to do more. I'm going to try and do more of that this year as well. We on our residential crew this year, Kelly gave out. I, I guess one of the big complaints about me is that I don't give out enough information, which probably totally true. Um, I know it, so you should know it. I don't need to just <laughs> telepathically send it to you. Yeah, but she was printing out our residential contracts without pricing on them. And yep. giving every single team, we have four on the residential crew, every single team member got their own laminated drawing that they could keep in their car and they all yep. got the contractual package so they could all review it and know what they were doing and understand that we were doing this interlock in the corner. And then, and I think that it it was a great idea and not something I would have ever done. Um, but it, I love I, it. I think it did give people a better sense of ownership on that crew. Um, yeah. What's next? Blue- your blueprint right. course is, yep. I remember when you guys were running it, it's killer. Yeah. It's yeah. awesome. Like, and and more, it was it, it was great to hear how many of them wanted to go back and do it again. And you learn know, more. And ask for it and learn more. Yeah. 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 It's awesome. It's uh, yeah. it's killer. So this, this whole interest in learning, um, just for my own sake, like I have six or seven guys and they're yep. all phenomenal. But I think... Every single one of them, besides one or two, is sort of so happy or so content in their position that they don't want to improve anymore. Is there a way to spark uh, some change in them? Or am I like, is See, is it I, a money think... thing? Is it a, another incentive to, is there a way to get them excited about the business the way, well, obviously they'll never be as excited as the boss, but is yes. there a way to to generate some excitement about maybe 
taking the next step, whatever it is for them. I think there, there always is. And I think it, you know, it's okay to be like for those that don't want to do leaps and bounds and train and, and progress, like there, there, it's okay to be comfortable in what you're doing and love your job. If you're happy with what you're doing and you love it, I think that's great to get them to have that spark. I think it, it's about pride in your work, but also maybe where there's a goal setting component, right? So we, we've, we've talked about this. How do you set that goal? Um, You know, quality wise do you do it quality wise do you do it based on you know completing the project in that time frame that you've allotted as many hours or beating that so how do you spark their interest in what they're doing um it's kind of by giving them more responsibility i don't think it's necessarily always money incentive that uh drives people i'm sure it's a good it's a great factor right we all we all need to work and you know make money but i think there's a lot to be said about giving them that pride and that responsibility or that ownership of something, that task, that day, that week. Um, and you might spark, re-spark their interest. Yeah. They're just, uh, I mean, they're phenomenal guys. It's just, sometimes I feel like I'm poking them and I'm getting nothing. I mean, they'll do their job and they'll do a very good job at their job, but I can't get more out of them or they're not as enthusiastic as they were maybe a couple of years ago whenever they started. Do you always have the same guys work together, Chad? Yeah, that's I have to. That's uh that's a not our finest hour problem. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> we can talk about that one. Gotcha, gotcha. Laps on this one. But, uh, that is a good point though, because I think too, like you'll see it at the end of a long project. If you if the guys have been on there for, you know, it's it's been a year long or whatever, you get job project tired, you get crew tired, yeah. right? And that kind of it that monotonous you know, they like to change it up. So I know that when we were working with you guys at the spa, we had yes. one crew that worked basically a year till the April. And then we brought in our second crew and they took over and the first crew left. And I, I feel like that rejuvenated our position at, at that project. 100%. Such a big project. And I think that the four guys that came in, the four or five guys that came in on the second crew, they injected some new life into the, yep. into the site trailer because they were just, they didn't have this backdrop of 8 million other things that had happened. And the other two that had been there for a long time, myself and the other two kind of moved on to a different thing. So you guys had a bit of turnover mid project. I felt like it was really good. It was because it was, it was, a it was so long. Right. And you're, you know, it's nice. Sometimes I think the guys like knowing where they're going every day and that kind of that, yeah, I'm driving this, I'm driving to this project, I'm working at this project, I know everything that's happening there, but it, there is a thing as jo- like project hired, you know, and you need to like bring excitement back into it and and change up the crews or whatever it might be, right? Do you guys generally have to try to have the same people together in general? <laughs> and then we, we keep saying we're going to do a better job of it. It is really challenging um, just with you know, there's like lots of times where we need that kind of push on a project. So you're bringing 20 guys to the site on that day and we're doing a mass planting. Um, you know, so there's a lot of moving parts and we tend to our projects. Um, we, we tend to have projects all over the place, right. You know, we'll be in Kingston and then we'll be in Niagara. So there's a lot of challenges with that as well. Um, so we are going to try to do it better this year with, um, you know, placing people closer to where they kind of are and carpooling um, because gas is ridiculous, right? 
and it's hard on, on, and the employee, right? So um, we're going to try and make it so that's more accessible for them. And we do hotels if we have to, obviously, if there's jobs that are far away, but. Hey, do you have a budget set for 2023? Are you starting the estimating process with a budget in place to ensure that you are recovering your overhead expenses, labor, material costs, profit, and other hidden expenses within your business? Do you know that you're making profit on certain projects throughout the year? If you're struggling with any of these things, then the How to Hardscape headquarters can help you this year. Check it out at members.howtohardscape.com or shoot me a message at howtohardscape on Instagram. This software will streamline processes in your business. It's going to help you budget, estimate, ensure that you are making profit on projects throughout the year and help you adjust throughout the year. We're also going to be continuously improving this software to include more and more features, as well as the content that's already available to members right now if you're looking to train your employees as they come in. So once again, members.howtohardscape.com, the price will continuously go up as more features and as more content is offered over there. So there's never a bad time to get signed up with that. And with that being said, let's get back to the episode. How do you go, what like, um, I guess like systems that you have in place in terms of helping you identify those employees that you want to promote, um, especially like those field notes from a foreman, how do you uh, accumulate those to be able to recognize those employees that you do want to push along that promotion? So we changed up the process last year. So it was, it was kind of a standard, I think a lot of the, you know, a lot of the time it was the foreman bringing it up to management saying, Hey, you know what, this, this guy's really good and you need to look at it. Um, so this year with the performance reviews, we got feedback from every single foreman they worked for, every field super, every PM. So some guys had been on, you know, four job sites. Um, they had worked with three different PMs, you know, four different foremen and one field super. So we got a lot of feedback on each kind of person this year. Um, and I think it was great. Like, it was great to hear how great they did, um, you know, different comments from different PMs about what they added to the project. Um, so I think what I, what I'm doing now is kind of building out that goal setting and performance management, you know, review system. Um, I'm not quite finalized. I'm not there yet, but I want it to make it more robust and and more employee friendly. Gotcha. And then like, what questions are you trying to get or what are you trying to get out of them in like a review uh, to better understand where they're at in the company? So with the review, it kind of looked at like all types of things, like where they are in project management, how they manage that project. And, it, you know, for some of them, like laborers, obviously the questions are different or machine operators. It talked about safety. It talked about machine operating. It talked about um, their skill level with, you know, different hardscape products. Um so what, what, when we got all the feedback, we kind of would take that review and, you know, we had a scale of five things and, you know, really you want everybody at meets expectations, but then past that there's, you know, exceeds expectations and outstanding. So for somebody to get exceeds expectations, we asked each person, so why did you give them exceeds expectations? And they kind of gave us the background of why they thought they excelled at one particular thing. So in that review, what we did was we really wanted the employee to understand where they're at where we want them to be, and and they might already be past that, and what we're going to do to help them get there. So if they were, you know, having an issue with operating one of the machines, or um, they needed more seat time, they needed more mentorship, um, they weren't, you know, they didn't know how to read the drawings yet, um, they weren't great at pre-planning the work 
weeks ahead, then it's how can we help you get there? Gotcha. And then I'll ask it just because we're on the topic now and then I'll be quiet with my questions here for a bit. But uh, exit interview. Uh, yeah. just once again, what does that look like? What are you trying to what kind of information are you trying to get out of them? The exit interview. That's an interesting one. Um, I think it depends on what what they did and where they worked. Um, sometimes, you know, you can find out a lot about what's going on behind the scenes. I think that we, you know, maybe nobody's aware of from an exit interview. Um, you can gain a lot of insight maybe on things that you thought were going well that aren't going well. So I change it up every time. It depends who, who it is. Where? What's your, where do you have, I know this is the loaded question, but where <laughs> where do you have the best results advertising for staff to generate enough people free? Because, you know, in a, in a previous life, mm -hmm. these two love that I was in charge of hiring and interviewing people and did HR, which seems ridiculous. <laughs> when you think about it, but, um, I basically had a policy of you showed up. Do you have any friends? <laughs> yeah and yeah. and like and so i mean you know lucas he works for yes. us now we had hired one of his friends and i said do you have any friends that need a job if they do this really shitty job for me i will keep them for the rest of the season even if i don't need them and the next day lucas walked in and they was like this is my buddy i'm like cool <laughs> this is my buddy he yep, works cool. here now awesome <laughs> like i so yeah that was like where i was at that it was just like, okay, you showed up, you're here, you can go to work and then we'll deal with you afterwards. But obviously if you're at a stage of interviewing people, you, you have more candidates than you need to hire. And I've never yes. been in that position. Yeah. So I'm like, how do you achieve getting more candidates than you actually need to hire? Because I think I, that's a unique perspective uh, that because you do it hard. for a job, you, you, you could, you know, maybe add something yeah. to some. It's, it's really hard. Um, you know, it, it, I do get a lot of applicants, but you know, if, if I'm being truthful, like out of 20, I'm maybe thinking about, you know, five and then I'm screening five and I'm getting two. Um, so I do a lot of things. So I have, you know, we use our Instagram, uh, Facebook, uh, indeed. Um, we have a careers at Sitescape email, which actually, you know, gets a lot of interest. We've advertised in local, um, like local to our headquarters, which is beaten, um, the kind of like business BIA groups. Um, and I've gotten quite a bit of interest from that. Um, I paid to have at our headquarters um, in the window, um, kind of like a see-through sticker that, you know, says advertising, hiring foreman, you know, good pay benefits, that kind of thing. And I've actually gotten quite a few people from that. Um, so I just am everywhere that I need to be. And I'm always looking for the next the next thing I can do to to garner interest in people applying for it. Do you find that one one avenue provides uh, better qualified candidates than the other? Yeah, I would say indeed. Oh yeah, and unless unless it's a landscaper who uh, is reaching out over Instagram. Oh, okay. Because sometimes you'll get like that kind of you know they're in that industry and and um, you know they've they've seen something and yeah. So you kind of get that um, word of mouth. Lots of our guys put people forward, which I so appreciate. Because I always think if you're willing to, to say, hey, come work at the company that I work at, then, you know, we must be doing something right. Um, and so we do get a lot of referrals that way. I'll get, you know, 
throughout the summer and through spring, especially I'll get quite a few guys say, Hey, you know, my buddy's looking for a new, new place and he's great. And that kind of thing. Oh, do you provide incentives in terms of uh, employees bringing on their friends and things like that? Yes. Yeah, yeah? we do. Yep. Gotcha. Always there's incentives for that. Um, and uh, if they stay, it's yeah. another thing. So like, it's one thing to bring somebody on and they're here for a week, but it's another thing if they make it a full season <laughs> kind gotcha. of deal. So, yeah. And we're looking at changing it up this year for incentive for our employees to kind of make it so that they get an initial incentive for bringing somebody with landscape experience on. And then if they remain that 12 months, a second kind of bonus for that employee kind of thing. So through your career and now, now answer this however you want, because I think we're at that time of the episode. Uh, through oh, your career. Good. <laughs> okay, I got lots of. Okay, I'm in. I'm in. Run, Chandler, ready to go? Let's go, baby. <laughs> oh gosh, okay. I need to buckle up. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll kick things off with this here. So, through your okay. career, yep. Have you noticed a change in people, uh, in terms of like generational changes and how you actually have to tailor? I don't know, like interview questions or just. Uh, disputes anything that comes up uh do you find generational differences that you actually have to work at when you interact with different generations thank you for listening to today's podcast episode like i said the remainder of this episode is found over at not our finest hour so go follow that one there for more great value that is shared throughout this episode and once again we want to say thank you to cycle cpa if you're looking for bookkeeping accounting cfo services reach out to cyclecpa.com love to know how to hardscape sent you for 200 off as well as the how to hardscape headquarters software you are going to want to sign up for that this week prices will increase you won't be able to lock in your pricing as well as the onboarding fee will be implemented after this week so just reach out to me at how to hardscape on instagram or members.howtohardscape.com if you want to book a demo for that and we look forward to meeting with you next week on the how to hardscape podcast